Shout out to Georgia for sending me this story. Looks like Russia stays winning. Russia hits the gold mine in Uganda. <clears throat> the African country of Uganda is in the limelight again, and this time it's literally shining gold. Good news is piling up for Uganda. The country has recently announced the discovery of a deposit of 31 million tons of gold ore with extractable pure gold estimated to gross 30 um, <clears throat> 320,000 tones. The discovered gold is expected to mine the country in excess of a whopping 12 trillion. If you are facing difficulty processing how exorbitant the amount is, then let me help you. The amount is approximately four times India's annual GDP. Uganda has also recently witnessed a boost of foreign investments owning to the fresh discovery of hydrocarbon resources in its western region on the border of with the Democratic Republic of Congo. Perhaps the good days for the landlocked country have started. The major issue African countries face even after the presence of valuable minerals and metals under the soil under the soil is the unavailability of technology and capital for extraction. Major developed countries with the appropriate means are known to have considerable interest in African countries, majorly due to their resources. Moscow has maintained strong relations with Kampala. Uganda's president, Yari Masini, did call Russia Europe's center of gravity and expressed strong support for the Kremlin amid the ongoing war. The EU's and Biden's disregard for the African nations has placed the West in an unstrategic position there. Due to their broad, their broad disregard for the food security and inflation problems in the African nations, Biden and his minions have lost all political clout in Africa. A master strategist like Putin would never have missed this chance to solidify his position. Biden has done the damage and it is time for Putin to come into the picture and take steps to strengthen the already powerful Russian economy. Russia's masterstroke to control a big chunk of the commodity market of the world is making Moscow unbeatable and irreplaceable. Uganda's reserves and Moscow's interest in the region would be a demonstration of a show of strength in this time of crisis. Russia's interest in Uganda is not newfound. Russian investors backed the first gold refinery in Uganda more than 10 years ago. The refinery established by Russia-owned Victoria Gold Star Limited has a capacity to process 1.2 tonnes of raw gold per month, the company's managing director told Reuters. Of late, Russia has also taken advantage of loopholes and sanctions and has strategically used its humongous 140 billion gold reserves to hold down its economic fort. You see, gold is more of an elixir for Russia right now. Since Russia invaded Crimea back in 2014, the Russian state has been constantly working hard to steer its economy against the impact of sanctions. One avenue to do so was to increase its gold reserves as gold tends to soar in times of conflict. Putin also understands that the West cannot sanction commodities such as crude oil, grain, and gold because they would have severe repercussions on the global order. This is precisely why Moscow is all set to assist Uganda in its future mining endeavors in parallel solidify a stronghold on commodities trade. Africa in general and Uganda in particular would soon become one of the strongest allies of Russia. Hey, man, I mean, all I'm saying is that if Joe Biden ever 
ever decides to have a war with Russia, it's going to be ugly because they are winning right now on the battlefield and off the battlefield. Let's see what has what has to be said about this. One minute. Second. Okay, here we go. Many of the countries in the continent have reserves of minerals worth billions of dollars. Naturally, Africa is hailed as the continent of the future. All big powers, therefore, seem to wonder how to increase influence in Africa, and it seems that Russia has an answer. Clean energy. Africa may be resource rich, but it is energy deficient. Presently, all African countries face a serious energy deficit, which hurdles economic growth and industrialization, despite the continent's unparalleled deposits of natural resources. More than 620 million out of 1.3 billion people in sub-Saharan Africa, for example, do not have electricity. Now, Russia seems to be ready to shore up its influence by offering nuclear energy to the African continent. Hi and welcome to TFI Global, the foreign affairs and geopolitical analysis arm of the TFI Media Group. I'm your host Shubhangi and in this video I will tell you how Russia is investing massively in Africa's nuclear energy sector and how Russian involvement in Africa comes as a major setback to China. Let's begin. The bear is back in the African continent and it is looking to kick the paper dragon out of the resource-rich region. As the United States phases itself out of Africa, China has tried to rush in to fill the vacuum. However, Russia is now looking to counter Chinese President Xi Jinping's Belt and Road Initiative in the African continent. Russia's energy diplomacy in Africa has been going on for the past two decades. It has made many efforts to help the African continent overcome its energy deficit. Moscow has inked many nuclear energy agreements with African countries ready to adopt Russian nuclear energy. Last year, Rwanda's parliament approved a plan for the Russian state-owned Rosatom nuclear conglomerate to build a nuclear research center and reactor in the capital city of Kigali. Rosatom, the world's biggest nuclear company by foreign orders, has signed similar agreements with Ethiopia, Nigeria, and Zambia. Meanwhile, Ghana, Uganda, Sudan, and the Democratic Republic of Congo, too, have transacted with the Russian nuclear energy conglomerate. Moscow is presently the only player in Africa when it comes to nuclear energy diplomacy. The United States remains reluctant to cooperate in the civil nuclear projects because the waste generated by nuclear reactors to generate energy is actually used as raw material sometimes for offensive nuclear programs. At the end of the day, the possibility of an African nation developing offensive nuclear capabilities to secure its national security interests cannot be discounted. On the other hand, Russia understands that if it does not invest in nuclear energy in an energy-deficient African continent, China will start investing in it. So, Russia is making a big push for helping Africa fuel its next round of industrialization with nuclear energy. And in this process, China is being edged out of Africa's massive energy sector. 
Russia has traditionally enjoyed a lot of influence. I'm kind of liking that about China since China is uh, abusing uh, Africans. They're being phased out. All the things they're doing, Chinese businessmen coming to African countries and making black women single moms. So, uh, hey, I'm happy for that, that they're being phased out. ...in the African continent. In the Soviet era, Moscow had instigated anti-colonial sentiment in the African continent by supporting liberation movements to throw out European powers and anti-apartheid struggles. Even during the Cold War, the erstwhile Soviet Union offered security and economic assistance to countries like Ghana, Guinea, Mali, Algeria, Ethiopia, Libya, Angola, Mozambique, and Zimbabwe. After the disintegration of the Soviet Union, Moscow's influence in Africa waned, while China seemed to spread its tentacles in the resource-rich continent. However, Russia is now banking on its traditional influence to revive its presence in Africa. Across Africa, many regimes are turning increasingly pro-Russia. Other countries, where pro-China regimes are in power, have witnessed military coups over the recent past, often with Russia's assistance. Ethiopia has been growing disillusioned with the U.S. for its alleged involvement in the Tigray conflict. Meanwhile, public support for Russia is peaking with anti-U.S. and pro-government protesters frequently spotted waving Russian flags. In Mali, Russia is said to be supporting the military junta. Can't blame them for the way they're treating, you know, the way Joe Biden feels about blacks and how the United States governments feel about black people. And especially how they uh, side with white supremacist Ukraine. I remember even talking to a uh, U.S. veteran who was training uh, Ukraine soldiers and how they used to call him the N-word and how he was better off liking training Russian soldiers than he was being around Ukrainian soldiers. Ukrainian stays losing, Russia stays winning. Which recently carried out a second coup in a span of one year. In the Central African Republic, Russian forces are ensuring people remain safe from the vicious attacks of warlords and militia groups. Last year, Russia disclosed a draft agreement with Sudan to establish a naval logistics base in the Sudanese coast in the Red Sea. Russia is also said to be planning the construction of military bases in the Central African Republic, Egypt, Eritrea, Madagascar and Mozambique. Russian officials are also eyeing the port of Berbera as a location for their base on the coast of the self-declared state of Somaliland within Somalia on the Gulf of Aden. Russia is the biggest supplier of arms to Algeria. It has also struck weapons deals with Nigeria, Angola, Equatorial Guinea, Sudan, Mali and Burkina Faso. Russia is also strengthening its ties with South Africa. The two countries are looking to collaborate and coordinate at joint multilateral forums like G20 and BRICS. For China, Russia's increasing involvement all over Africa is not really tolerable. China has invested heavily in the African continent. At a bilateral level, it has made investments in 52 out of the 54 African countries. The Paper Dragon also claims 49 African countries have already signed the Belt and Road Memorandums of Understanding. In fact, China has signed a Memorandum of Understanding for the Belt and Road Initiative with the African Union itself. 
In fact, over half of the countries to have received BRI loans are located in Africa itself. BRI loans are, of course, predatory in character and form part of China's plans to steal Africa's vast resources. However, with Russia's increasing influence in Africa, anti-Chinese sentiment is rising. China's motives have started being questioned in several parts of Africa, and in the case of countries like Kenya, there is a major pushback against Belt and Road initiatives. To add to... Wow, it's like China is kind of... Oof, it's kind of... I don't know, I could say the Chi Chinese prime minister, the Chinese government is just... Kind of bad as Hitler. That's the way I see it. Oh yeah, you want some power over there? And you want to mistreat blacks? That's what you want to do. That's that's what you want to do. I hope that uh Putin stops that. I'm not saying Putin's a saint. I just hope he stops that because the reports I've read about how the Chinese businessmen and when they bring businesses over there and how they mistreat blacks and treat them as second class citizens. I mean. Even, you know, um, on the, the, the Chinese ships, when they have black stowaways on their ships, they throw them in shark infested waters. OK, when they had lockdowns, they kicked all the you know, they kicked all the African immigrants who had apartments there and made them homeless. So, yeah, I, I'm definitely not trusting China. I'm not trusting the Chinese government. China's woes. Russia plans to become the biggest supplier of nuclear energy to energy-deficient regions, which are bound to make Moscow the single biggest player in the resource-rich continent, and rising Russian influence in Africa is evidently coming at Beijing's expense. Loving it. I'm loving it. I am loving it. Love this stuff. I'm loving it. Let's check out some more good news. Let's check out some more good news. Uh, let's check out some more good news right now. Okay. Here we are. Ah. Zimbabwe, man. Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe ditches American dollar and shifts to gold. More African nations to follow suit. Zimbabwe has experienced inflation since 2007. Annual inflation rate of Zimbabwe jumped to 192% in June, the highest level in over a year. As food costs more than tripled, the Zimbabwe dollar, Africa's worst performing currency this year, after losing more than two-thirds of its value against the dollar, has sharply depreciated, driving up prices. You see, Zimbabwe is in the midst of an economic crisis marked by high inflation, a swift dep depreciation of the local currency, 90% unemployment, and failing manufacturing production. And now Zimbabwe is using gold to hedge against inflation and hence reducing its dependence on the U.S. dollars domestically. I don't see a problem with this at all. But the real reason is why is the Zimbabwean government turning to gold for domestic trading? Zimbabwean traders are already veeing for a limited supply of U.S. dollars that companies must acquire to continue offering specific business services. Thus, the government is striving to wean the domestic economy off of its dependency on the U.S. dollar so that the, important, the import 
of the foreign necessities can be paid for by the greenback, thereby facil facilitating an unhindered foreign trade. Make no mistake, the government has pegged its currency to gold for this precise reason. Nevertheless, gold is frequently regarded as inflation hedge among the many asset classes. This essential indicates that over the long run, gold has been able to reduce to produce inflation beating returns. The government has therefore proposed the notion of adopting gold as a medium of exchange. The Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe's Monetary Policy Committee, MPC, resolved to introduce gold icons, I'm sorry, gold coins into the market as an instrument that will enable investors to store value. Manguda said, the gold coins will be minted by Fidelity Gold Refineries, private limited, and will be sold to the public through normal banking channels. Not bad, not bad. <clears throat> the committee noted that the increase in inflation was undermining consumer demand and confidence, and that if con not controlled, it would reverse the significant economic gains achieved over the past two years. The move has been well appreciated by the investors in the country. Matana Mastaki, the head of research for a stockbroking firm, Morgan & Company, said the gold coin was a welcome development in a market starved of investment options and will help investors hedge against inflation. Regarding the coin acting as a store value, it's a good step given that the Zimbabwean dollar value was being eroded. People were going after US dollars, US dollar as a stored value. Mahande told the Al Jazeera it's going to ease pressures on the US dollar, but demand for the USD to still be there, said one of the investors. Well, many other African countries will eventually follow a similar path, reducing their reliance on the US currency. For instance, Sudan, Ethiopia, and Angola, which are adjusted to inflation rates of 245%, 35%, and 24%, respectively, could relieve their economies by pegging their currencies to gold and thereby hedging inflation. Perhaps the era of the dollar dominance in Africa will soon be decimated. Well, <clears throat> the thing is, is that... Uh, the U.S. has been controlling many countries throughout the world with the U.S. dollar. And many countries are still poor. And they have to subject themselves to the rules of another nation that really doesn't care about them. Okay? You know, a foreign currency that really doesn't do much for them. And now they have a chance to be independent. Which is a good thing. Many other countries won't like that, especially China, but who gives a damn about them when it comes to this? China is an authoritarian regime that loves to spread its toxic ideology to other parts of the world. Its latest is Zimbabwe in the African continent. In order to rule the African nation, China is accused of having facilitated a military coup that took place many days after the Zimbabwe military chief went to Beijing on a surprise visit. In order to helm a puppet regime in Zimbabwe, China built the National Defense College and also funded the building of a 650-seater parliament house in Harare. It is also looking to export artificial intelligence technology to the country in order to gain access to complete data on Zimbabwean military personnel, citizens and government officials.
This is part of China's strategy to secure its investments and predict. So basically, they want a social currency system. Hmm, funny. Who else wants a social currency system in America? Two words: Joe Biden. He wants that social currency here too. You can't trust China. Just can't trust the Chinese government. Loans worth billions of dollars in Zimbabwe. However, the people of Zimbabwe are now pushing back against Chinese hegemony. This might as well dash China's hopes of ruling Zimbabwe forever. Hi and welcome. This is TFI Global, the foreign affairs and geopolitical analysis arm of the TFI Media Group. I'm your host Atul Mishra, and in this video, I will tell you how China tried to plunder Zimbabwe and how Zimbabweans are standing up to Chinese atrocities and belligerents in the African nation. Let's begin. Xi Jinping's expansionist Chinese empire is in big trouble. Not because some governments have started pushing it back, but because people across different parts of the world have started resisting China's unpardonable atrocities. Take the case of Zimbabwe, for instance. China is alleged to have orchestrated a military coup in Zimbabwe in order to consolidate its influence in the African nation. Yet, China's dreams to control Zimbabwe forever seem to have been shattered. Make no mistake, Zimbabwe is a resource-rich nation. China wanted to loot Zimbabwe through a web of consistent loan defaults. With the installment of an allegedly collusive military regime, Beijing also started exploiting the people of the African nation and the Zimbabwean labor class with sheer impunity. However, growing anti-Chinese sentiment in Zimbabwe seems to be getting the better of Beijing now. As per ET, there have been several cases of rampant abuse of Zimbabwe's local laborers by Chinese employers in the country. However, the Zimbabwean government has, by and large, remained a mute spectator. Matters have gone as far as local employees being shot dead by a Chinese employer after the laborers demanded their legitimate pending wages. It is not uncommon for Chinese company owners in Zimbabwe to totally disregard the law of the land, infringe upon citizens' legal rights, and discriminate openly between on-site Chinese miners and local employees. In fact, Zimbabwean laborers are effectively treated as slaves. They are made to work at a meager salary of 35 US dollars per month in dangerous. Inhuman and harsh conditions. The residential facilities for Zimbabwean laborers too are inhumane. In a Chinese company's accommodation, as many as 16 local laborers are stuffed in one room, regardless of the Wuhan virus outbreak. All this happens under the watch of the military regime in power in the African nation that came to power shortly after Zimbabwean military chief's sudden visit to Beijing. However, the people of Zimbabwe aren't ready to let China take control of their country. An organization called the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Union or ZCTU has been protesting against the Chinese assaults. Chinese diplomats did try to persuade ZCTU towards a friendly solution, but the Zimbabwean organization simply refused. To budge. In fact, ZCTU has been warned of dire consequences for highlighting issues that affect Chinese interests in Zimbabwe. The rights organization has brought some cases to the notice of the Zimbabwean government, in which Chinese employers concealed the deaths of local employees in order to avoid paying compensation to their families. In order to pile pressure on the Zimbabwean government and the Chinese employers, ZCTU is threatening of intensifying its activism to the international level regarding workers' rights. And dignity. It wants to strong arm the pro-China government in Zimbabwe into ending systematic abuses of local workers by the Chinese companies. Meanwhile, Zimbabwe is witnessing a social media campaign against Chinese excesses. ZCTU Secretary General Zafe Mayo is the one who launched the social media campaign, highlighting systematic abuses by Chinese interests in the country. Resentment against China is growing within Zimbabwe, and allegations against the Chinese employers are reportedly backed by shreds of evidence of torture and inhuman treatment. The issue is now being taken up 
by some courageous leaders in the African nation. A traditional leader in Zimbabwe's Mashonaland Central Province Chief Chiweshe has accused Chinese interests of looting vast mineral resources of the country like chrome and gold. Zimbabwe is also resisting China's tendency to dump inferior and outdated technology to poorer countries. China's biggest bank, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China, sanctioned a $3 billion loan to finance a coal-fired power plant in the African nation. However, the project got halted after protests by environmentalist groups like Go Clean ICDC. Environmental groups have exposed the climate risks and costs associated with the Chinese-funded coal power project, and therefore, the Industrial and Commercial Bank of China has been compelled to carry out a feasibility study of the controversial project, which was slated to be constructed by China Gehuba Group, and the associated transmission lines were to be led by Power Construction of China Limited. The people of Zimbabwe understand how Chinese debt trap strategy works. They also see collusion between the military regime that has assumed power in Zimbabwe and the Chinese Communist Party. While China was planning to rule forever, it seems that stiff resistance by Zimbabweans will keep China at bay and shatter its expansive hopes. Damn. Come to think, I mean, I thought white supremacy was bad. I was just, China is worse. I, I just see that, man. I, I, whoa. I just see it, man. It's just. Oh, whoa. sheesh. People just asking for their wages, their living wages. And you allowed them. You let that slide? Getting shot dead for that? Wild, man. Wild. Imagine if they were able to take over, you know, the United States. Heck, I mean, they already own the the the, the meat plants here. They own China. Chinese government owns property here, and we owe the Chinese. We owe the Chinese government a lot of debt. We owe them money. We're in debt to China. So imagine if they come over here. I want to do that mess. Okay, <clears throat> there was a video. I, I did about um, a basketball player. He plays in a different league. And um, the Chinese people were calling him the N-word when he got off the tour bus. Just when you think white supremacy is bad, Chinese the racism China will give to a black person is worse. They really don't like black people. They really, if you got resources, they'll find ways to take it from you and still oppress you. Tell me what you think in the comments about this article. What do you think about this? Have you known about this? Let's talk about it. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Anything else you want to know about the channel? It's in the description box. Later.